space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And our emergency holographic co-host this week is Angela. Good evening. And this time we're we're still on Voyager. We did a Voyager episode, Angela, when you weren't here. We did, um, what was it, Future's End? Yeah, um, Future's End. Good so, fun. So now we're doing a bit of a different sort of tone. We're looking at Year of Hell. Uh, but before we get into that one, there's we're going to touch on briefly the season three episode time and again because it sets it up really, doesn't it? No, it's before before and after. Before and after. Sorry, time and again's the one. That's like the third ever episode of Voyager, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's lots of time traveling Voyager. There really, really is. But yeah, before yeah, and say, after. Sorry to say, Catherine always tried to avoid time travel. Yeah, she's, she's not very good at it. <laughs> Yeah, she says that again this week, doesn't she? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's been always been my girl. It's like, you're not doing well. We're only in season <laughs> four. And, like, yeah, there's time and again, before and after, non sequitur. There's loads, loads of them. But, yeah, so before and after's the Kez one where we start with, like, old Kez. And yeah, she's, she's travelling backwards through her life. Yeah. And it, it keeps jumping back and back and back, and then she ends up turning into like an embryo. And yeah, and then she, then she goes forward again to sort of present day. Yeah, but the time travel's caused by a missile hitting Voyager, mm. a, a temporal missile. Yeah, and everyone gets radiation, and it's the radiation in Kess that's causing her to move backwards in through her life. Yeah, and the missile hits them. In what's referred to as the year of hell. Yep. Which is this episode that we're about to look at. Yeah. So, but, go on. Well, towards the end of the episode, when Kess sort of gets back to her own, back to the time frame that we, the show's based in. Yeah. Tuvok says, well, already you're talking to people. It's going to change how events run. And as we know, Kes leaves the ship before yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is covered in a novel, one of the novels, how sort of looks at how they still managed to reach the the Krenum at yeah. the same time, because it's the same time, star date, when yeah, they, yeah. they actually get there. But it's just like the participants are different because Kes yeah, but, is gone. Yeah, but and... Kes threw them ten years forward. Oh, yeah, she did. <laughs> so it, it sort of looks, it, yeah, it sort of looks to take that, the actual deal with the Borg actually went through. And ah. Fully, so the Borg took them past Borg space. Right. So, so they ended up with this, yeah, the same result from just a different way. You see, I was just going to say, this is a rare example of really good forward planning by Voyager, and you've just ruined it by pointing out that Kez sent them 10 years closer to home, so it, it don't work as well. Yeah, the yeah, it, it's covered in a novel, but... Yeah. I, I never. I don't agree that you should have to read a novel to fill in loopholes in a TV series. No, I think you... a TV series should be able to explain itself. Yeah, and and to be fair, I'd never picked up on that. You know, I'd, and I'm sure it's one that most people won't pick up on initially. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, I'd, but, I'd, I kind of felt that it was um, 
going with a, a, another famous time traveller, a fixed point in time. Ah, uh, it could be, yeah. Yeah. Certain yeah. things cannot change. Yeah, the the encounter with the Krenim seems to be fixed, but it just takes on lots of different ways, you know. It, so it, always... it could be that the Krenim Empire was in a completely different area of yeah. space. You know, they made that many changes to the timeline. Yeah, that's a good point, because he, he, if he'd messed about some somewhere else and changed it around differently, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll give him that, we'll give him that. And, <laughs> you know, if you want to read the novel, great, but if not... I can't remember the name of the novel, but there's a novel out there that covers... Kez's Adventures in Time or something, because Kez doesn't... Well, it's, it, it's that Kez doesn't <clears throat> leave for you, Junior. Yeah. So that, there's that timeline, but it's an alternate timeline novel. Yeah, and this is an alternate timeline episode, or it ends up being an alternate timeline episode. Well, it actually has the same outcome as uh, uh, the last one we we reviewed. This episode never happened. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But to say it didn't happen, it's a pretty good episode to not happen. I love this episode. This is one of those, when I fancy watching some Voyager, just a random episode, this is one of my go to episodes yeah it is a, it's a really good one i think i got it on a i had it on a vhs tape it, it was where they put two two parters on so you had future's end and then this on one tape so that were pretty cool yeah oh well so it's like a time travel one yeah the name of the book uh is architects of infinity there we are <laughs> so architects of infinity if you need your your plot holes plugging in yeah <laughs> Available at all good big shops. <laughs> oh, well, pro- probably not now. Actually, it's probably maybe you'll better probably get it on available Kindle. on Amazon. Yeah, lots of probably loads of charity shops and stuff will have. Um, in fact, that one, that one near us, Elliot, uh, the Seacroft one, that had loads of Voyager novels in it. Which one? You know the one. You know the Seacroft tip. Yeah. So the the tip's got a shop. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> And that had loads of Voyager books in it. I mean, I don't know if it still does, and obviously it won't be open for a while, but um, there you go. So if you live in Leeds and you want to go to Seacroft Tip Shop and you like Star Trek Voyager, there may or may not still be books in there. (laughs) But anyhow, what is easily available is this episode, which I watched on Netflix, but I'm sure it's available lots of different places, CBS All Access in the States and whatnot, so... Google Play, YouTube Play, yeah. Amazon Video. Basically, but Netflix is the is the the service that you can most people have that you can just watch it on without extra pain. It is. It's the easiest mm. interface as well. I don't understand why other streaming services don't just copy how Netflix does its interface. Maybe there's a copyright in the being uh, uh, danger yeah. of copyright infringement. Well, you'd know all about that at the moment, wouldn't you? <laughs> I've fixed it. Right. <laughs> well, using quite a few different um, services like uh, the, the Disney, iPlayer, uh, Netflix, Prime, Now TV, ITV Hub, Channel Four on demand. Yeah, I've got lots of them. All of the, the 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 easiest interface on the smart TV is Netflix. The easiest yeah. interface on the mobile units is probably iPlayer. Ah, there we go. I've never used iPlayer on a, a mobile device. But, yeah, it's weird. It should just all be standardised. But anyway. Right, mm. so, Year of Hell. Let's get cracking. So, it starts off then 
We, I, I like the device that they they give you, like, them. it tells you what day, you know, n- not what day it is, as in it's Monday, but, you know, it's, like, day one, it's day, day 47. And <laughs> I like that, but I think that sort of clues you in right from the start that this is probably going to get erased later on. Like, I never watched this and thought, oh, any of this is going to stick. It was always waiting for the other shoe to drop kind of thing. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually thought originally when I watched before and, a, and after originally season three. Yeah, I thought that we were off to get in season four, nearly a season long story arc of a year of hell. See, that'd have been really cool. I thought we were off to get full blown. Yeah, here we go. They're, they're really kicking it up because I remember at the time there was pe- there were people were saying it's just the same thing. It's a different planet yeah, yeah. every week, and it and it was we were we'd had DS Nine, which was really good, and it just seemed to have gone back into the next gen thing of exploring a different planet. And we've talked about this before, and it's something Voyager did lay itself down mm. on of just going to a different planet every day instead of all the conflict they could have had. It, it could have been another like what Battlestar Galactica was. Yeah. What we got in 2004. And this episode, there is a lot of that. Like, you do get the crews a lot more stressed. There's a lot more uh, stuff going on. The ship's getting worse and worse off as it goes along. They even end up, like, with a little, uh, like, a, a group of other ships with them at one point, which is very yeah. Battlestar Galactica. But um, but it's almost like here's what you could have won because, it, we, you know, we're just doing this for two episodes and then... Yeah. Well, a lot of Voyager's problem was it was it was probably made maybe f- five years too early, four or five years too early, because yeah. we had CGI in the cinema, mm. but we didn't have a lot of it on TV. They were still using big, expensive physical models. Yeah, <clears throat> like they did the the titles to Voyager. There was a big deal because it was the first CGI. Titles done for Star Trek. Yeah. In fact, it might have been any show. I'm not sure. I'd have to look that up. But it was definitely for Star Trek. Yeah. We made a big thing of the CGI. But week to week, they were still using physical models. Yeah. And the re- and we've talked about this before. These models are hugely expensive. And you can't damage them massively. No. And have panels ripped off. Like, what you can do is CGI and carry it on to the next week because it's just a CGI model. And then change something else and something else, which they did do in Enterprise. They could do yeah, that. Yeah, they did. Because Enterprise was a CGI model. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was CGI, but it was sort of your Babylon 5 standard CGI, which I have a lot of time for Babylon 5. I think it's an excellent show, but the CGI effects do not look good. No, they've not, they've not lasted. And not age well at all. No. no, it's like Babylon 5's a great show. Babylon 5 is one of these that, it'd be like what they did with TOS, where they went in and they redid all the effects with CGI. Yeah. Babylon 5 is screaming out for that. Yeah, it'd be awesome if they did that. but it, it... Not to make it different ships, but just to make them look right again. Yeah, no, I'd be up for that. And I, I think, though, there's something... Like, I know they can't put it into HD because of the effects. Like, they they skimped on the effects. Like, they saved something like $300 per episode. 
which is not insubstantial when you're doing 20 odd episodes a year but it's not a lot of money in TV American TV production because it's a bit like the BBC when they saved 50 quid and got rid of the entire back catalogue yeah that's true and so because they they feel they did Babylon 5 in this lower quality or something they can't they would have to redo all the effects if they wanted to do it in HD, similar to what we've got with DS9 and Voyager. Um, mm. But we'll save that for his Babylon 5 podcast when we get onto there. So, oh, yes, please. <laughs> when we run out of Star Trek in yeah. eight years. <laughs> well, I think it'll be more than no, eight there'll, years. There'll be more. There'll be yeah, more. I'm going to say that. Speaking of which, we will get on a year of hell at some point, but this is... <laughs> We're recording this when we've had the announcement of Strange New Worlds with Captain Pike and... Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see more of Anson Mount. No, he's... I'm, I'm excited. We've we talked about this previously on the show, when, when we were hoping we'd get... Yeah. The and I really hope they do like TOS, and, we ha- and I'm saying Voyager fell into the trap of being a different planet every week, but I think we actually need to go back to that. Yeah. I think so. And I think Strange New Worlds is the correct platform for that. Yeah, and from what... I mean, there's been very little in the way of official word on it at the moment. Obviously, they did the announcement video. Uh, but the the producers have given a little statement, and they've said that it is going to be more episodic, and it is going to be more optimistic. And so, yeah, looking very, very promising for that show yeah. at the moment. Yeah, uh, Strange New Worlds is, is its working title. And there's another title that they've got out there for it. That could be called Star Trek Enterprise, which is Mm. odd because we already have a Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, that'd be confusing. (laughs) Mm. I'm happy with Strange New Worlds because I think... I'm happy with Strange New Worlds. I think that's kind of... It's kind of a mission statement as well, isn't it? That that's what we're going to be doing. It opens it up for episodic Strange New Worlds. We're going to different worlds all the time. Yeah. Monster of the Week. Yeah, and I'm up for that. And we, yeah, the thing is, we don't have that anymore. <laughs> no, and if you've got at least three live action shows going, if you know Picard Discovery can be serialized, there's nothing wrong with having a an, exactly. an episodic show going at the same time. You've also got to think of the um, the audience as well, because Picard is clearly for a more mature audience. Yeah, Discovery certainly is for a more mature audience. Yeah. whereas whereas Trek originally its original incarnation was. It was almost a kid's show. In America, it was a kid's show when it was brought out. And, and, and you know, it's a Western. Yeah, space. and I think yeah. we can we can get back that, to that with this. Uh... Well, that's how it was sold originally, wasn't it? It's, uh, what was it, wagon, wagon track to the sky in the wagon, sky? Yeah, wagon, wagon train, train to the of... stars. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can almost get, like, a situation that the the BBC sort of tried to do it with where they had... Doctor Who was for your family audience. The Sarah Jane Adventures were for a children's audience, and Torchwood was meant to be for a more adult audience. Adult yeah. audience, and yeah, we can have that with Discovery, Picard, the Strange New Worlds, the cartoons. Anyway, back to Year of Hell again. So yeah, <laughs> uh, a temporal. We open with the temporal incursion. Yeah, but uh, the Zal colony. Um, yeah, and it's I like the the spaceship looks cool. The Krenim mm. weapon ship that's a bit Babylon Five-y, I think, in the way. It, it... I thought it looked forlorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But, it, you know, it's a new sort of style for Star Trek, but I like it. And the villain's thingy, isn't it? Uh, Clarence Bodiger from Robocop. Mm. Yeah. And I, he's good. I like him, but I, he's one I'll never disassociate him with Clarence Bodiger, even if, you know, no matter what role he's playing. <laughs> I know a lot of people know him from that 70s show, but I, I've never seen that. But for me, yeah, like, that the 70s, that 70s show's funny, but... Robocop is brilliant, ain't he? Yeah, he'll always be, can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> he were brilliant. But yeah, so he's the bad guy. And yeah, they, he basically says, we're going to eradicate an entire species. We're going to get rid of all of them. So yeah. s- setting out his bad guy stall right from the start. Though he does get a bit more depth to him as we go through. And then when the episode proper starts... You get, like, almost a tease of, like, the opening voiceover, like, you have Janeway going, space, and you expect it to be the final frontier, but it isn't. It's the, like, the new stellar cartography, basically, isn't it? Yeah, astrometrics. Yeah, Yeah. which which is going to be Seven's new home, basically. That's kind of, sort of becomes her office, doesn't it, really? Yeah, they couldn't get, like, she's a regular cast member, but we haven't got rid of any of our regular bridge crew or engineering so yeah she needed a new function <laughs> yeah and she she's and not to create this she's not going to take over the arboretums that kez were doing so no yeah because this is no, still she's not going to be she's not going to be the doctor's assistant no i mean th- this is still quite early in 709 really isn't it this is the first season and it's what about halfway through she's... This is episode eight and nine. Yeah, oh, so even less, yeah. So it's yeah. we've only had seven around for a few weeks at this point. Um, so, yeah, so that's the basic setup. They've got this. The I like that she's talking about different species and she says they're resistance quotient. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of how the yeah. Borg look at people is how likely are they to resist people. Yeah, which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's quite an... Like, at this point, we've still got... um, Seven is still adamant that if the opportunity arose, she would rejoin the Borg. Yeah. But she will act as part of the crew while she's there. Yeah. Yeah, Without putting them in danger, so... It's an interesting position for her to still be in. Yeah, I mean, they do... We covered... um, a few episodes when we were doing like our road to Picard, we we sort of followed Seven's journey there a little bit, and yeah, at this stage she's still sort of treading that line and not fully integrated. And I suppose this episode we get to see her, you know, we were going to see everybody's future, but we get to see Seven get more integrated because effectively we get a year's character development in the space of two episodes. So that's yeah. That's a pretty cool conceit. And we get this thing of Neelix being a security guard again, which was, that was in before and after as well, wasn't it? Yeah. They should have probably just done that in the show to give Neelix something to do. Yeah, I don't know why they never, like, he wanted to be part of a Starfleet officer. And he was important to the crew, so why the hell didn't they make him? Yeah. Like, all they had to do... It's a Navy thing, though. All they had to do... All they had to do was promote Harry and they could have made (laughs) Neelix an ensign. Or just make Neelix an ensign and he'd been a lieutenant before Harry. (laughs) That's true. Um, So, they encounter the Krenim then for the first time and it's this thing of... 
the basically the Krennum are saying we don't want you to come in here, but Janeway says, Well, you're not in charge of this space and it's yeah, it's, it's this other space. species. You've got no weapons that that can harm us. Yeah, it's the Zal who are in charge, so so at first I thought, well, surely Janeway should do what they say if they're saying you can't come in, but well, it, what gets me here is and this really bugs me about this episode, because when Kess gets back to the prime timeline mm. in before and after, she tells Janeway about yes. the Trenum and the Earth of Hell. <laughs> so Janeway, <laughs> alarm should have gone off as soon as she heard Krenum. Yeah, they should have been waiting to encounter the Krenum, really, shouldn't yeah. they? And, and, and that's unless, like... Again, one of the changes that was made affected... Yeah. No, because... No, because she told, she said it when she came back, I thought. But, well, she did, but if... Or was that on the way backwards? But if one of the changes the Krenim make after Kez says that, if the ripples, because the ripples, when they change things, must go backwards and forwards if they write, a, if they get rid of a species. Well, it, Voyager's an inert, an inert, inert element up until they actually meet the Krenum. True, and, yeah, and you're that, right. So they're not being affected by any of the changes. No, you're right. So, so Kes has given them this knowledge. Yeah. That the, the, unless, the encounter with Krenum on Stardate so-and-so, so-and-so. So. Yeah. These people die in our first encounter, including Janeway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on, Anne, she's got a theory. I'm, yeah, I've got a theory. Temporal Mechanics 101. Um, by leaving Voyager... Before she got old, she created a paradox that undid. Mm, ah, yeah, because she wouldn't. She wouldn't yeah. have been there to experience it to come back in time. And- <laughs> yes. No, I'm with. No, I think so that we've works. Got, we've got a causality paradox. We yeah. Have got a causality so paradox. before and after didn't happen either. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It, 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 it's really. Time travel's really awkward to try work out in what fact, has happened and hasn't happened. You could probably do a rewatch of Voyager in a few hours if you just take out all the ones that don't happen and <laughs> save yourself some serious time. Like the annoying thing is that the, these time travel episodes are actually really good episodes to yeah. watch. Be good fun. It's yes, well, I, I like the the the, um, the 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 butterfly effect. Yeah. That's brought up with with the Krenim, where it makes changes and he makes it worse. So he, you know, it's, it's interesting and you do feel for him. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, like I particularly, it's... I think it's <clears throat> halfway through the second part when it becomes more clear that he's, he's lost his wife and his children and his grandchildren. Mm. Just as you think, oh, well, you know, I can see where he's coming from. I can see what he's trying to do and. You know, maybe he's not 100% bad. Just as he's doing that, he just genocide. Yeah, yeah takes it a bit far. Takes it a bit far. But yeah, like you say, well, he has got this goal that I want to get my family back. And you can relate to him. And he ultimately, he gets a happy ending right at the end of the episode. But yeah, it goes a bit yeah, far. Right. He's still working but, on it. Yeah, but it's like this at the beginning, though, when they meet the Krenum. Let's get back on track, should we, Cost? <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing very well. We're, it's time travel for you. <laughs> yeah. But they meet the Krenim, and, the, and they're not 
any threat at all, no. even though they should know about them, but they don't for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> and and Janeway brushes it off, and it's like, and she talks to Zal, and Zal goes, yeah, there were a threat at one point, but we beat them, and they're just flying around being pompous. Yeah. Yes. But then it's it, they get hit by this wave suddenly, mm. and next thing, there's red alerts going, and they're being hit, and the weapons are down. Yeah, well, again, I think it's because when they get hit by the wave, that wave must go backwards oh, in time as well. Oh, it does. It's really like they get hit directly by the by, yeah. by the wave this time. And I love how it just changes that. Yeah, she's she's doing one thing. It's all happy and all that on the bridge. It's they see the wave. It hits. Next minute, there's alarms going off and they're being smashed to hell and. They're arming weapons again and against them, and it's cutting straight through the shields. I like that it upgrades the Krenim ship as well. It gets bigger and tougher as they're doing it. Yeah. And the guy's attitude as well, like, it's the same actor, and the first one he's very sort of, ooh, ooh, sort of standoffish, and then the second one he's like, yeah, a lot more confident and <laughs> throwing his weight yeah. around. If, I think you su- that- if, you surren- if you surrender now, I'd rather you surrender now so I can have some of your ship. Yeah. And if you surrender now, I won't execute all your crew. Yeah, exactly. And I love that that it's the same actor within a couple of minutes, but his performance is so different. Yeah. Really, really and clever. And at the, at the end again. Yeah, yes, okay. cause, yeah. when you get him right at the end and he's even more meek than he was. Well, actually, he's nice well, at the end. It's completely different at the end. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's contested, so maybe you should go around. And they go, yeah, let's go around. <laughs> and that, I suppose, canonically, that's the only bit that actually happened, isn't it? But yeah. So there's loads of good stuff, sort of, as we're going through it. Like, there's a bit that I'm sure is an in joke where Janeway says, "How many torpedoes do we have left?" Because obviously, that's be you know, there's them videos on YouTube where it shows Voyager launching eight million torpedoes, even though they only had however many at the start. I so, can't remember yeah. how many it is, but they do in the first episode. She does say, "Yeah." What they armed with, and how many photon torpedoes, how many quantum torpedoes. Yeah. And oh, it, it's worth mentioning as well, happy birthday for yesterday for Captain Janeway. Oh, was it a birthday oh, yesterday? Happy birthday, Kate. No, no, not Kate. Oh, Catherine. Actually, oh, Catherine Janeway. Oh, Janeway. Yeah, this, this was mentioned in the episode. Oh, Kate does say yeah. birthday. 20th of May. Yes, because I, I looked at it. And I was watching it the day before, and I was like, oh, that's a shame. It'd have been good if I'd have timed it exactly right. Well, well Kate Margrew's, um Facebook feed came oh. up with it uh, yesterday. Ah, uh, so yeah. She, she she posted saying happy birthday to her alter ego. I suppose that's kind of like being the queen, like you get two birthdays a year if you've played <laughs> such yeah. a famous character. And Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, that's one thing, isn't it, with the Chakotay's got this watch and it's like, well, you shouldn't have replicated it because we could have done something else with that. And well, she tells him to put it back she does. and replicate it, doesn't and she? I think it's a bit... I know he's trying to be cute and everything, but it is a bit thoughtless, like, you know... Well, she she's she's been... She's very single, very focused, very single-minded. Yeah. Uh, get the ship... To some way that they can actually protect themselves and get them out of there. Yeah, no, I mean, Chakotay is thoughtless for doing it in the first place. Not, I think Janeway's got the well, right idea. 
the thing is that he'd replicate. He says he's, he'd replicated it months ago. Yeah, but he could still <laughs> recycle it and do better. He's holding out on goods there. Well, I think this comes back to sort of the Starfleet ideals, doesn't it? That yeah, they try to hold on to the humanity and the goodness yeah. and all that. In all the, in bad situations, like you, they they beat basically in a bad situation. Full stop. Seventy years away from home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, it, and the whole thing has been them upholding Starfleet ideals the whole way through. So, to me, in trying to bring that, he, he's seen that she's focused and not taking care of herself. and Which isn't the only time that happens with her, though, is it? No, no. No. She does go off the rails a couple of times. Um, I'm thinking of the uh, the giant virus situation. Oh, is that the one where she oh, goes all, like, diehard? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's that one, and yeah. when she's uh, in Equinox, where she's like going after Captain Ransom, she goes really a bit get crazy him. in that one. <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna get him, and all this. Well, in in the year of how she she gets very sentimental about about the about the ship and family and yeah, very sort of nurturing thing, <clears throat> um, and gets gets very focused on on on, on fixing everything. Um, like I think there's a similarity between Janeway and um, oh, what what's the name of the captain on the Arax? Is it? And Anorax. Oh yeah, yeah. Anorax. Anorax. Like there's there's almost that um, Captain Bly thing. Yeah. I, I, I think where... it's, I think it's just a captain thing. Yeah, no, it is. It's a very a Captain, captain Bly thing. And this is very soon after a uh, first contact. This is only a year after. Yeah. So I think you've got that where they're playing on the same thing, Captain Bly, and you see them both go slightly different ways with it in the end. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's the, the good thing about exploring it in an episode like this, and this is a, a benefit of the reset button, is that you can take Janeway to a really dark place, but that's not who we want to be seeing every week, you know, so... No. It does let you do something like this. I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing her go back, go to a really no, dark I don't. place. No, not at all. And you know, speaking of like dark places, people go to like the, there's. I like the a little subplot with the doctor, like where he has to shut the um the like the Jeffrey's tube thing, and he's got the crew members running up, and that comes back later on, and it's almost like he's suffering from PTSD as a result of it. Like when well, he... here's an episode where he does suffer from that. Yeah. Mm. Like where, where, where he, he gets, he gets. I can't remember the name of the episode, but he had to choose between Harry Kim and somebody yes. else. They both had identical injuries. Yeah. He could only operate in time on one of them, and he, and he went for Harry. Yeah. And the other one died, and it was sort of like he went into a loop on that, and he had to reset part of his program. Yeah. And I think you get hints at that sort of thing here like they don't explore it fully but there is yeah an implication that he's got a form of ptsd with it and yeah but he also uses it to explain to paris that you need because paris was falling over blind because yeah, she's yeah. been hurt and he goes and, and he's right he goes no she's been made stable you now need to move on to the next guy yeah. who's going to die if you don't treat him yeah he's and paris is there but she's hurting 
Yeah, and he's there, and he's right, and he goes, but yeah, but she's not dying; she's out of danger. Yeah, where he's talking about triage and yeah, and he, and and he uses it to explain that, and he's right. He goes, I had to make the decision, and I held it to the last second I could leave it, and he did. No, he did, yeah. And but... he goes, and I had to let them die, but mm-hmm. everyone else would have died if I hadn't shut that bulkhead. No, it's. I mean, yeah, it. Which, which meant that it, it crossed his mind. Yeah, yeah. Which which gives him more humanity than some of the uh, the other people that we come across. Oh, definitely. Yeah, like we could talk about the Doctor for ages because I think he's a great character. He is. Yeah. Is and the episode really you're thinking well. of um, latent image? It could be. Yeah, there's a, there's a few good Doctor ones coming up, but um, so we get. Obviously, there's the big explosion and Seven and Tuvok are caught in it. Tuvok's left blind. Well, this is where the <laughs> missile that Kez got close ah. to with the radiation hits the ship again. It's right. So that would have been Kez, the incident. Kez got the temporal frequency before yeah. she jumped and was able to... And so she was trying to stop it. But Seven gets the temporal frequency that they make the shields from. Yes. And, he, and it's the same temporal frequency. Thankfully. Uh, yeah, very good. <laughs> they have kept that. Uh, also, when Seven was accessing the tube, she did it in the, exactly the same way that Kess did. So ah. open, opening the panel above the top, getting the mag lock out and yeah. tapping it to the door to open it manually and climbing in the same way. And uh, watching it, watching the Kes episode back, it made Kes look stronger because we're used to seeing seven moving in a particular way in yeah, a very yeah. strong and determined way but we we're more used to seeing kez being a bit <laughs> yeah um, verified yeah um but see, seeing her do the same as seven even yeah. though the episode came before but i watched it well after. this is a, yeah. this is like what they say time's elastic with and it <laughs> likes things to happen and you basically got kez isn't there seven took over a place on the show so she's doing exactly what Kess did. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because obviously Seven wasn't on board when, when Kess was bouncing yeah. around time. Yeah, that's re- it's really clever how they've referenced it, you know, gone, you yeah. sort of it's, call it, back it's to it. It's like a, where I said it was well worth watching that before yeah. and after. <laughs> yeah. With this. It's... And then this is where the episode sort of turns a little bit, isn't it? Because Voyager's shields protect it from the next temporal incursion well it takes them a while it it takes them a while because Voyager gets beat up even more oh yeah yeah because like the the temp the come uh Jakoti and paris get kidnapped yeah off the ship um, and then they have to turn the beam on to voyager and destroy it and voyager goes no janeway's we need warp speed too goes the ship's in what will take massive damage it's in no state it's like with no choice. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite a dramatic uh, special effect. Watching the the outer hull just yeah, off in yeah. I really felt when the first time I saw that, I found that very upsetting, and it it, 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 it reminded me. Again this it time. reminded me very much of um, <laughs> one of the last episodes of Battlestar Galactica, oh, where they're making yeah. the final jump in the back and they break the back of the ship and it's falling apart. Yeah, yeah, and stuff coming off, but. Battlestar Galactica did it actually nearly 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> so. And, yeah, and like you're saying, Battlestar Galactica, that's it. It's done after that, isn't it? That's yeah. the... 
the last jump sort of thing. But yeah, so as you said, Tom, Chicote get kidnapped and that. This is pretty much where episode one well, ends. pretty much episode, episode one. Yeah. It has a little bit more and Janeway is, gathers the crew and goes, yeah. the ship's in a bad, really bad state. We can't go anywhere. Um, we're hiding in a nebula. Um, abandoned ship. It's an order I never thought I'd give. But... Yeah, because they have that conversation earlier where Chakotay brings it as an option and Janeway dismisses it. Yeah. But then Chakotay, <laughs> I don't like Chakotay, but... He sort of backs off straight away. He's like, oh, good, because I didn't really want to do that anyway. It's like, at least stand back. I have to give you the options. Yeah, but he doesn't come across... It doesn't come across as, I'm your first officer, so I've got to give you this. It just comes across as, I don't even know why I'm bothering telling you about it. It it comes across as, like, he's trying to get out... If he can get where it says no, it's like, oh, no, I won't go against what you say. Yeah. Well, he's no writer, is he? No, he's, I mean, and there's more I don't like we, about we him in episode two. We're not fans of Ducote. Well, Anybody who listens to the show. <laughs> well, I mean, I, not... I like him. He's got his place. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have him as first officer. No. I mean, like going into episode two then, so Tom and Ducote are both on this ship and Tom right away is pretty much, I'm having none of it. Whereas Chakotay's mm, yeah. like, oh, actually, let's have a bit of a... And watching it this time, as uh, you know, it's a while since I've watched it, and all the way through I'm thinking, well, Chakotay's getting in with him to try and get a bit closer to him to either talk him out of it or so that he can sabotage it or something like that. But he's not. It's He, he legitimately seems to be going along on with it all. With, on board, is so, and, and he gives a suggestion. Yeah, well, that's it. He dobs them in at the end. It's like, you know... They... Well, it, it's only right at the very end that he tells Paris to... It, it's only after Anorax, uh, in the middle of the night, wakes up and decides, oh, I had, a, I had an idea, I'll just wipe out this civilization." But even after that, Anorak says, oh, Voyager's no threat, but Chakotay's like, oh, well, actually, they might be, because they might try this tactic. It's like, all right, Chakotay, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a proper turncoat. He, he really is, and then he just happens to get beamed out at the end, because, so I bet he'd have gone back to the ship and gone, yeah, yeah, I didn't do all, but, I mean, as it happens... Oh, Paris, Paris should have grasped him in. Paris's report, Paris shouldn't have done it in the per- personal log. It, when it was debriefed after being away, which yeah. I don't care how you look at it, it's very naval, militaristic. You get debriefed after a mission like that. I mean, you should have gone, no, it was a fucking collaborator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, see, Tom, Tom's been a long term hostage before, hasn't he? He's been, or was it later? When I know, I, I know he's been. Well, he was in prison when Janeway got him out of prison, so he's just been in prison. That's true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, Chakotay and, and, and Anorax had this interesting relationship. Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't, so that was day 133. Come day 180, Paris is playing friendly games. Well, yeah. it's not, he's yeah. actually, it's not, he's like, no, COVID. he's trying to find out information from COVID. the guy. He's actually... He's doing the right thing. He's trying to work on the crew, mm. and he find and he he's straight away the crew's. I can get a mutiny going here. And Jacoby tells him no. 
I mean, I can sort of see where Chicote is coming from. It's like, you know, we've got to do it at the right time when we know we're going to get away with it. But to the observer, it does look like Chicote has been taken in by it. But to your point, I, Elliot, I think, uh, I think, I think, I honestly think Chicote was a complete turncoat. He was a collaborator. <laughs> he was quite willing to use the temp- temporal weapon himself to fix Voyager. Yeah, that's true as well. But he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he it was fortuitous at the end that, like, I, I I get the impression from this, Paris has been locked up a lot longer and is being kept a lot separate from Chakotay, so I yeah. can't see how much Chakotay is actually collaborating. So I think he's been very fortuitous at the end when, when Chakotay's gone, oh, get a message to Janeway, and that's only after Anorax has wiped out that other civilization. Yeah. Oh, get a message to Janeway, let her know where we are. But then, of course, we don't know what the uh, the local time passing on the um, on the ah, Premiership is going yeah. to be because they 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 spoke about having been doing this for two hundred years, but they clearly aren't two hundred years old. That's not their normal lifespan because they've talked about celebrating birthdays for the dead. Yeah, yeah. So they're outside like, of normal time. Yeah, uh, like I got the impression that time passes, Nightfall. but they don't actually age. <laughs> Mm. That, yeah, it's an interesting how, one. It, 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 it was a weird one how they did that, that the outside time. Yeah. But we've been doing if they're aware that they've been doing it for two hundred years, there's got to be they've got to be aware of two hundred years has passed. But they're not affected by time. So I think time's moving at the same rate we we experience it for them, but they just don't age. Yeah, that'd pretty much have to be the way That's, it works wouldn't yeah, that's, it that's how i've sort of interpreted it that's that's the only way that makes sense yeah so like they're frozen at the point that they leave our time yeah yeah but, nothing ages inside inside it's like yeah a, a static bubble nothing ages inside but time's it. still a constant within it or the passage yeah. of time yeah because otherwise <clears throat> angela going with your way if this is less times actually passed, then that just means Chakotay turns his coat much quicker than we thought. <laughs> well, um, uh, we do know that they were held in a cell for the first two months. Yeah. Because that's mentioned. Yeah, because yeah. Chakotay's got out his... The cell, they brought out the cell and trekked to this nice dinner of um, all these exotic meals and... Dishes that are from races that no longer exist because Anorax is yeah. out of existence. Very um, Nazi like. It is. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but like, Jakarta is quite happy with it, but Paris don't want to know it, even eating that. Is is offended by it? But there is a poignance to it. Like Anorax does seem to have kind of a regret about the fact that they're not there anymore. But not enough to stop doing it. But there are touches of, for want of a better word, humanity to him. And there are these interesting ideas, like you say, commemorating birthdays for the dead or even those who've never existed. So there's some really interesting stuff touched on and just little little touches in the episode, like when, um, when Voyager gets caught in the meteor shower and everything and... They have, they use new terms that we've not heard for, like it's all about a hazard level rather than like, yeah. you know, a red alert, a yellow alert. It's like, what hazard level is it? So there's lots I, of I, nice... I actually like uh, Neelix. 
here when the fixing the internal security system and is there. What would you like? Would you like it to say red alert? Or shall, oh, we, yeah. or shall we go with <laughs> intruder danger, alert. danger, intruders? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That, that, that's what I thought straight away. Lost yeah. in space. Definitely. <laughs> <The 60s version. laughs> well, maybe you caught a few episodes in Future's End. You know, caught some repeats when him and Kez were watching telly. But um, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, something else I wanted to, to, to bring up. Um, on, on day 180, you know, just before the, the, the massacre that proves anorax really is bonkers, Jane <laughs> um, were having a, a conversation with the doctor and she threatens to turn him off. Yeah. Well, Which well, I thought well, was... Well, he's, he's telling her that she's got to go to sick bay because she's ill. She's not working, functioning properly. Which she isn't. Yeah, and she goes, I'll turn you off. He goes, that proves my point. Which it does. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I felt because she, she's already committed to treating the doctor like a person, mm. yeah, and giving him autonomy and and and, and stuff. But um, I felt that that was <sighs> racist. Well, it it is because yeah, if it have been, it, it's completely it's completely out of order, and and it's like the doctor does say this will be going in my permanent yeah. log, but if we get out of this and we do yeah. get home. You will face court-martial but, for oh, this. Oh, Janeway's going to face court-martial for all sorts. But, yeah. But, yeah, had it been a biological doctor, would she have said, I will kill you if you try and relieve me of duty? You know, because that's, that's the equivalent. It. Yeah. Mm. So uh, that's something Kirk could have got away with all them years ago, threatening yeah. to knock McCoy out or, or, or whatever. But I think Kirk did refuse. Did Kirk ever refuse treatment? Probably. He, it was always trying to get out of physicals and stuff. Yeah, physical a lot. But I think if it were Kirk and Bones, I don't think Bones would have done. Would have tried to relieve him of duty in that circumstance. I think he would yeah. have. He would have been coming at it from the same way Janeway is. Of... He does get relieved of duty, doesn't he, in um, the deadly years? Yes, when he's aging and everything, yeah. 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 <clears throat> oh, and in Mirror Mirror. Yes, yeah, yeah because then it's, yeah, it's other Kirk. In the mirror, yeah, but we, we don't see that. Yeah. But McCoy would just slip him a hickey in the in the. In That's the true. Something. Yeah, McCoy would have a way of doing it. <laughs> or Spock would have relieved him of command before it got to the stage where McCoy had to do it. But yeah. speaking of like knocking people out and everything, going back to Chakotay again, and I will stop banging this drum at some point. Um, <laughs> but there's the bit where... Is it a Mexican Indian drum? <laughs> it could have been. The, there's the bit where... Uh, Tom's saying, you know, we should do this, we should do this, and Chakotay's like, well, if you're if you're not going to follow the chain of command, we can do it the old-fashioned way. So Chakotay's saying he'll have a fight with Tom because <laughs> Tom's <laughs> Tom's actually wanting to do what they should be doing. It's just uh, he's rubbish. Now, now I'd like to see that fight because I actually reckon Tom would. Proper kick Chakotay's ass. Yeah, I think so. I think Tom's got a bit of reach, a little bit wiry, but then Chakotay's got that boxing skill that you know. Now, well, is it a box? Is that a skill? I don't be, know. I've been able to be whiny in a boxing ring. I've black. I've blocked <laughs> out most of that episode because that that may be the worst episode of Star Trek ever. Um, <laughs> but and another bit where it's sort of as they get into the end and everything, and you know, Tom says. 
Anna Rats is insane. And Chicote says, no, he's not. And he clearly is. You know, (laughs) at least Tom calls him on it and says, look, he's about to wipe out an entire thing, timeline, and you're saying he's not insane. What's wrong with you? But, the, like the only do, the only doing this wiping out civilization after civilization from existence because he he fucked up the first time he wiped a civilization yeah. out of his existence. It's true, and at one point they get to like ninety nine percent, don't they? And it, it, because ninety eight percent, yeah. But be- his wife's not back, so he's not interested. Yeah, exactly. No, he's Which definitely. Just shows his obsession. That's where the uh, Captain Ahab comes in. Yeah, it's obsession to get it. He's he's definitely lost sight of the objective at some point, hasn't he? You know, he's yeah. Um, it's cutting off your nose to spite. Yeah, and the crew literally. The crew eventually do turn on him, don't they? Because it's just yeah. Well, they've been there for two hundred years. Like some of them must be pissed off. Like it goes, I've had the galley make us up these dishes when he first gives them the meal. Yeah, somebody's been stuck in the galley for two hundred <laughs> years. I like I used to chef and I enjoyed chefing, but I'd be pissed off if I was just in the galley for two hundred years straight. <laughs> they might get a day off or something, or they might they might rotate like what each member of the crew does. If it's two hundred years, you might you might start off what in the it? galley. Like, Learned a lot of skills. They'll have like, uh, they'll do hot desking, you know, and move people <laughs> around and upskill them. Yeah, you might as well learn. I mean, you know, we're all in this quarantine at the minute, and, you know, you see on Facebook, everyone's teaching himself to do different things. And so if you've got 200 years of it, yeah, I reckon they just keep moving round. What's that? It's blurry. Yeah, blurry. blurry. Sorry, I'm just sketching one. Ah. Trying to draw a void, Joe. I was at only ever draw enterprises, so I tried to draw a void. <laughs> oh, <well>. Excelsior. <laughs> send, yeah, it does look more Excelsior, doesn't it? Send us a yeah. picture of it and we'll we'll put it up on the Facebook group when we drop this episode. <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> it's better than I could do. Um so yeah, we're more or less at the end, aren't we? Like it Janeway basically does a suicide run to destroy the weapon and she gets her, her cool action hero line where she says, time's up. Well, this is where I think this is where I think Janeway sort of comes back from from the brink of being Ahab at this end part because she, she sends the rest of the crew off to other, sh- other ships that they've gathered for this yeah. fleet to beat the crew and she's saving a crew and but she goes, I'm going down with my ship. Yeah, I think yeah, she's hedging her bets, isn't she? Because she's yeah, she. If like this she says, works, she's still got a bit of fight in her, but she knows that she's going down with a ship. She's she basically says this, that to Carrie. Yeah, and it's a case of if this works, it'll reset everything. But if it doesn't, yeah, well, I need to make sure send the crew were. Uh, everyone, don't she? Yeah. During the battle, take down your temporal shields. But the the fact that she evacuates the crew shows that she's not a hundred percent confident, you know, and that she's not she's not sort of given into insanity, you know, because if she was totally lost it and was totally single minded, she wouldn't care about evacuating the crew. She'd be like, This'll work, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Whereas the fact that she does that is covering her bases in case it does go wrong. So yeah, I think you're right. I think she comes back from the brink a little bit. I, I like 
I really liked the effect of the where the view screen was, and we'd previously seen that it was smashed. But in in this scene, there was raw space. Yeah, yeah, with a with a shield with a there. Shield. I I felt that that was that was a, a well placed bit of dr- drama. It it, it was a night. Nice, it was a lovely effect that they've done. Like I think the the budget they put into this episode must oh, be yeah. massive. Mm. With how the to, with the like said like I've said CGI wasn't really used on TV at this t- when Voyager was made, but all most of this must be CGI. What it they is, did Voyager. yeah. Mm. And it looks good, and it stands, and it still stands. Yeah, up, it does. Which is saying something for where when will this have been? Um, when uh, did Voyager? Uh, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, round about then. Yeah, yeah season yeah. three. So, so yeah. Like to be fair, this stands up. The CGI in this episode stands up more than the Phantom Menace CGI, <laughs> yeah, which was made a couple yes. years after on a much, uh, much bigger budget. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, we should get onto the Phantom Menace one day. That'd be fun. But um, <laughs> we definitely don't have time for it this episode. <laughs> So, yeah, as we said earlier on then, we go back to day one, we meet the Krenum again, but this time it's just a really meek and mild, quite helpful Krenum who's like, oh... Yeah, sti- this space is uh, contested, you best go around it. Yeah. So okay. Pre- All so- right, then. Which is interesting, because the first space, and she went, well, your weapons aren't strong enough, so I'm coming through anyway. <laughs> well, he didn't... He didn't say it was contested in the first one because yeah. the the first time they encounter it is after Anaraxas made his first incursion. Or he may have made several, but certainly after the first one. So well, that, the first one we know of. So that status quo with the, what were they called, the Zal, that probably yeah. doesn't exist anymore because this is a, a previous state before any of it happened. Did anyone else think the Zal looked a little bit Klingon-y? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, well, I think I think it's a reality of Star Trek. If you look at it, a few of the races do look similar because there's only so much you can do with um, different ears, different noses, different foreheads, different eyebrows. Yeah, there's only so many places you can put bumps on somebody's head before uh, we start to reuse them. Like, I mean, the, the Kazon even are very Klingon-y, but they're kind of... Sort of a poor man's Klingon, really. Yeah. Well, the Kazon were rubbish. The Kazon were rubbish. They shouldn't have been. No? They were badly used. And, yeah, they were very badly used. There should have been loads of Kazon, and the amount of them, and Voyager being on their own, should have evened up. Yeah. Because Voyager should have got more and more damaged every week, which yeah. is the show we should have had, which we didn't, but that's it's happened now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe we could we could do a, a mini season on looking at the Kazon story arc, but that might be hard work. So maybe we'll leave that mm. for a while. We've got a lot yeah, better the, ones to look at first. There's actually not a lot of not many epi- that many episodes of the Kazon, but they are fucking fast ships to the Kazon. <laughs> yes, they do. Because they were always in the same ones were always in front of Voyager. Yeah. Every, and they'd always been but there for Voyager a while. Kept stopping. Yeah. yeah, but the Kazon ships didn't have a massive high warp, so... 
Yeah, the Kazon must have literally spent all their time trying to get ahead of Voyager. Yeah. And somehow they still managed to have all these political machinations going on. And yeah, see, that was... That was the thing, like, they, they wanted to have recurring villains, but you can't really do that if the premise of your show is that your main ship is, for all intents and purposes, headed in a straight line, you know. Yeah. You, you can't do it, but they did. So. Unless, unless you're in a, in a space that a lot faster than them, so yeah, or you it's, don't have Voyager being as fast as what it was. Or it's the Borg and they can use the transwarp conduits, and or it's Q who can be anywhere he wants. So, yeah, there's ways of doing it, but the Kazon won't one of them, were they, unfortunately? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what Anorax so, could have done. He could have taken the Kazon out of the equation and then everything would have been fine. <laughs> In fact, if he'd have done that, everything would have been fine because... Nobody would have been threatening the Acompa, so Voyager would have been able to go straight back home from the array. They wouldn't have had to destroy it. Yeah. So there mm-hmm. you go. That That's the answer. Maybe that's what Chakotay were planning on doing with Anorax. Maybe. But, yeah. yeah. Always yeah. Oh, poor Kez. Any last thoughts on Year of Hell, then, before we wrap up? A fun episode. It gave us what... It, it should have been a season long arc. I still think that. Yep. Yeah. I'd agree especially with you. How smashed, especially how they smashed up the ship. If this had carried on for a season, so you didn't have all these other stupid little side missions that you didn't need, and you could have them going and gathering the bits of help, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you and, could have and getting the people together, and and you could. Well, if... I'd have liked like to have seen more of these Nihydrans and uh, yeah, Awazi. Yeah, it, it's a it's a great episode. And I and I think it gives us what the potential of Voyager should have been all the way through getting smashed up. But if they'd done it as a season-long arc, that would have been so great. It would have been, yeah. Like episode maybe episode episode four or five, so maybe a bit earlier in season four. But we've still got them few episodes to get used to Jerry Ryan in the yeah, yeah. as seven of nine. And then it would just go into the year of hell and stuff happens and it could have been spread out and then you get to the season finale so you have a two-parter, episode 25 and 26 and it's all that battle at the end and the, all the fleet that they've met throughout this, the whole season comes together and then it ends literally what we saw 20 episodes earlier. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, maybe people would have been riled up if they'd uh, retconned the whole season. I mean, just, you know, ask the Dallas fans about that one, but... Well, you maybe did They could have got out of it and... Oh, yeah, they... Different way and, yeah, and they, started season, season five with Voyager really badly smashed up. Yeah, oh, yeah, they, they definitely could have gone that way, yeah. It would have been... Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's really, really good stuff in this episode. and Yes, it's, it, it, it's so good. And it's a shame we only got two episodes of it. Yeah. But that's the nature of time travel stories, you know. They can all get... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just overall like the way that it was presented, where you jump <laughs> from one bit to the next bit. And, yeah. Um, it was. It's a really, really good... Good story, and it was another form of time travel. 
Because this time, this time they're causing temporal incursions. Yeah, mm. yeah, yet another but unfortunately, one. Unfortunately, it's another episode that didn't actually happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whereas there's a few episodes of Voyager I wish didn't actually happen that did, sadly. But there you go. Yeah, it's a shame that we're getting all these really good episodes, but they don't actually exist in the <laughs> yeah. prime timeline, only in alternate realities. <laughs> yeah. Well. We'll, we'll no doubt be coming back to Voyager again in the future, but maybe we should try a different, have a look at a different series take on time travel next time. We'll, we'll get us thinking yeah, we've caps done, on. We've done TOS, we've done DS9, we've done... Done Enterprise. Enterprise. We haven't done TNG yet. We haven't done TNG, yeah. Maybe we should try and dig out a TNG one, but... There's a couple um, of, there's a couple oh, of nice uh, it's my favourite one, yeah. Go on. Um... The one where they have to fly into the anomaly to escape it. By by not flying into it, they explode. We've done that. Which we've one was that. that one? It's cause and effect. Oh, is that it? cause and effect? Yeah. Yeah, we've done that. No, we Sorry. haven't. I don't I think thought we did it on the road to Picard. No, I don't think we did cause and effect. You sure? I I don't know. It's on my spreadsheet. I'll dig it out. <laughs> I've got an, I've got a nasty feeling we've done cause and it's effect. It's the one. It's the one where data ends up coming up with threes everywhere yeah that's yeah. cause and effect i'm pretty sure we've not done it but we'll check the spreadsheet and if we've not done it angela you'll have to come back and we can do that oh, we did that awful one that we thought was ought to be really good yeah we did we did times squared which were pretty bad is that the one with picard in the shuttle that's the one with picard in the shuttle so we, yeah, we've that's... done that one right uh, we maybe haven't done cause and effect. Yeah, I'm happy to do cause and effect. Yeah, like we'll do cause, cause and, and effect, and we'll pick another one from across. Yeah, because that was that was quite a new way of doing things at the time when that first aired. Yeah, it was the Groundhog Day thing, which yeah, we hadn't we hadn't seen it before. No. Kelsey Grammer. Lo- yeah, Kelsey Grammer's in it. Loads of shows have done a Groundhog Day episode now, but they're always good fun. So yeah, we'll we'll come back to that one then, but. For now, then, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com, or come and join us on the Facebook group. Search for Retrek, and we'll be on there. Uh, But for this week, then, thanks for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. LLAP.